Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. What is up, guys? Thank you for your constant support and for tuning in once again. What's up, everybody? Just to remind you that we are sponsored by Built by Strength Products. They put out nothing but the best in the third-party testing. To make sure that there are no banned substances on their products. If you guys like the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe, and please tell everybody about us. You can't stop And me. we're live. Reporting live from our bedroom. Yes, that's right. We are doing some pillow talk face-to-face, <laughs> and we're breathing on each other. <laughs> Just kidding. Today's topic, what are we talking about, Raul? All things Kyra School. Everything about Kyra School. Everything good, bad, and what, the ugly? Is that the, the saying? The good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah, exactly. So I guess let's start off. Why did you actually go to Kyra School? Oh, we shared this like 70 episodes ago on our first uh, episode. It's but... before we were famous. <laughs> of course, we're famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Mom, for listening to us. Our only <laughs> true fan. No, but um, uh, long story short... Uh, I there's a lot of health uh, people involved in healthcare in my family. I knew since I was very young that I wanted to be involved in healthcare. I did not know how. Um, I said I wanted to be an MD first. Both of my parents are MDs. Uh, then I said I wanted to go to PT school. Then after doing some research, I found that at that time I thought I was going to live in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need referrals from MDs if you want to treat uh, patients there, and you also need a physiatrist or physiatrist, however you PMR. Yeah, yeah. You also need a PMR uh, MD in your office if you want to treat people. Oh, so I was like, this is not good for my business. Uh, I heard about Cairo yeah. chiropractic. Um, I saw that you did not need referrals, and I was like, I guess I'm doing this just for the sake of business. Uh, I didn't know anything about the philosophy about it. Um, I I wasn't prepared for it until a week before we started school that I talked with Jake. Um, But, I mean, I don't have a crazy story about, oh, I got injured and Mm -hmm. a chiropractor helped me like Mm -hmm. you did or something. But, yeah, that's in a nutshell why I'm here. What about you? I'm just here to snap some necks and cast some checks, my friend. You know, you're gonna get broke. But, <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> the uh, the whole idea, everything you just said is basically echoing why I went this route. Um, there's just too much red tape right now, and the fact of the matter is, like, you had to go cash if you wanted to do your own thing as a PT. I guess it's the same thing as a Cairo, but once again, you are a primary care physician, so people can come to you right off the street without you having to rub some MDs back in order for you to get some type of uh, income. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the whole philosophy thing, I was curious. I wanted to get your input. How did you get through the philosophy here at chiropractic school? So uh, a week before starting school, like I, as I said, I had no idea about mm-hmm. the whole subluxation and philosophy in intelligence or whatever you want to call it. Um, I sat down with Jacob Harden. He's a Cairo. He graduated from Palmer, and he told me like, "Hey, you're gonna see this in school. Like, so be be on the lookout for it." So I was like, "Okay, good." But I I didn't thought or I didn't think it was gonna be as horrible as it was. Yeah. Um, like in a nutshell, there's lots and lots of philosophy in chiropractic, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something that 
it, I wouldn't say that it doesn't fit my bias because I don't have a bias right like in regards to this, but it's something that there's never been evidence to support it. Right. Um, and it's just I don't know who created it, either BA or DD or whatever. But um, to answer your question, how I survived it, it was <laughs> it was it was. I mean, it was tough. I'm not gonna say it was easy. Uh, I did not like uh, single. A minute of the classes of our philosophy classes, um, but I mean, uh, you just gotta surround yourself with the right people, which yeah. there are not a lot here. Um, I'm not shooting, uh, I'm not taking shots at anyone. By the way, <laughs> if you listen to this and you're from Palmer, but I mean, I just went to school, I passed the exams, uh-huh. forgot everything that had to do philo- with philosophy after the exams. Mm-hmm. Um, it was horrible. It was a bad experience. I didn't like it. I was super close to uh, quitting school, which will eventually get into that topic. But I, I mean, I don't know how I survived. Um, I, I mean, that's basically how I did it. I just did what I had to do, pass the exams and forget about everything. It's, it's just a couple of months at the end of the it, day. Yeah. It's, that's the beauty of the quarter system, right? It's a 11 week sprint and if you're in a class that you know you know is one not going to be tested on boards, two it's uh, not going to affect. I didn't know. Well, it was actually, be yeah, you're right. You're right. This one actually is weirdly enough tested on boards. So yeah. it's kind of like, hey, you remember the Harry Potter story where we talked about what was underneath the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, science fiction. We're going to test you on that on a national board that costs eight hundred dollars. I'll take. probably fail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that part. It's kind of unbelievable if you really think about it. Like it's our standard board. And it's literally a history test because it's not evidence-based. So it's kind of just like, hey, do you know what happened a certain amount of time ago? It's like, well, now I do because I just crammed it. I won't remember in a week from now. But instead of me you know, getting on my soapbox about how it's kind of a waste of money and a waste of time, we took two quarters, two quarters of history. Bro, they could yeah, have did it in two. one yeah. one quarter and gave us like the hot spots, like pushed on someone's back. There was a sound; it felt great, and we moved on. They you needed know? an extra couple of thousand bucks. That's what it was. Now you <laughs> said you almost quit Cairo school, and you and I both know this is a large financial um, investment. And it was quarter what? Three. Quarter three. three. So it was a yeah. thirty-three thousand dollars in the hole. Kinda. Yeah, that's a lot of money to walk away from. So why'd you stay? Um, I I just stayed because it. So being a Cairo, just having the piece of paper that says that I'm a doctor of chiropractic, opens lots of doors for mm-hmm. me. Um, and it gives me the liberty to treat people however I want to treat them. Yep. Like I do not have to adjust people if I don't want to adjust them. I do not have to massage them or do X or Y treatment that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So. I talked with more people, asked for advice. I was close to quitting, doing a master's in sports rehab and, and financial stuff because I also like that topic. But I thought about it and like the master's degree would not open uh, as many doors as having a doctorate would open. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll, I'll just survive three more years and yeah. like... It's worth it, you know, like, even though it's a tough process and it's not tough in regards to complexity of material because it's honestly not. Nah. It's just tough because it's, it's tough that you know it's not true. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of, like, bothers me to learn stuff for school, to pass boards, 
because I will. It's stuff that I'll never use in the future, mm-hmm. and it is stuff that has never been proven. And but yeah, um, I just survived. But luckily enough, I stayed, and it was like maybe six weeks after that strength rehab was born. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, wouldn't exist if I didn't stay in college. On, on one drunk night, it all formed together. But I'm happy. I'm glad I stayed because I think we, we're doing good things and we can move the Cairo profession one step forward because that's what we're doing. Uh, people have told us that we're attacking chiropractic and no. that we're attacking the profession, but in like how we see it, we are definitely not attacking it. We are trying to move it forward, bringing evidence and combining it with our profession because there's lots of BS here and we're trying to debunk myths one post at a time. So, yeah. I just, you know, it's the one thing that I really disliked moving into the... Uh into this, you know, world of chiropractic is they, they built this such, this such hate towards conventional medicine. And it's just like, you need to, one, you need to work together. And like, two, they presented like this, like the adjustment is this one specific way. And if you do it wrong, you can hurt somebody. Not only are we spreading this like fallacy that everyone's like really weak and we can just move bones like it's no problem. But then we, they built this persona that, if it's anybody but a chiropractor doing a manipulation, they're doing this large injustice to the person. But yet again, we're operating off this this idea or faith that we're doing it correctly. And that's what really upset me because it's just like, think about it like this. If anybody's listening, take this with a grain of salt and put yourself in the perspective of somebody else. If you were in pain. Would you rather go with the route that has been proven time in and time out with thousands of other people? Or do you want to go off of this one faith-based thing that the guy is pretty sure, but he has nothing to back it up? I don't know about you, but I want to go with the sure thing because I value what I do in my life. Yeah, but I mean, I really don't know why Kairos um, and all natural or naturopaths or however you call them hate traditional medicine. Like it's it's important mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it, it will always be important. And I hate how people compare like, oh, that's not healthcare; it's sick care and like big pharma, yada yada. Um, there's a place, a time and a place for everything, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we're at without uh, the medical, like the traditional allopathic medicine. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned uh, because you know your family is. Uh, predominantly MDs that obviously they have to be a master of all trades. So like, you know, they didn't get that much musculoskeletal um, work, coursework, correct? Education. Yeah. So that being said, there is a time and a place for a chiropractor to work with an MD. We spend three hours on this one very subject. So we should be forming these connections with an MD saying, hey, look, I'm your man or I'm your woman, you know? But instead, we're doing this whole thing like, no, no, you're going to hurt this person. And it's just like now we're creating divides and divisions that shouldn't exist in the first place because what? The, most of the studies popping out nowadays is like interdisciplinary like treatment is is the gold standard, you know? Like if this isn't working, bring them to next door yeah. to the other doctor. Yep, work as a team. But yeah, so – Moving on, I guess let's do some. Let's do a um, more positive light thing, you know. So, what what did you like about your experience, or what have you liked about your experience so far in chiropractic school? Um, 
I I've liked that they prepare you really well in regards to all of your anatomies, physiologies, pathologies. Yeah. Um, and especially in like the physical exam part, mm-hmm. I know one hundred percent that physical exam. Uh, I mean, by physical exam, let's say orthos. I know that one hundred percent they are overrated, mm-hmm. and they the majority of the time do not give valuable info. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, our Cairo school prepares us really well to take a good subjective note uh, and do a good thorough physical exam. Because as you know, uh, you get, I think it's like 80% of your diagnosis just by listening to somebody. Oh, yeah. And if you had the physical exam, it's like an extra 10% for a total of 90%. Um, I think that they have taught us a good flow of right. how a first visit would look like, kind of like listening to you, trying to ask the quote-unquote right questions mm-hmm. and then hopping on to the physical exam. I think that's what I've learned the most and what I've liked is that, that I feel pretty secure and pretty like damn good about my skills in regards to doing a good exam and yeah. trying to figure out what the patient in front of me has and if the diagnosis matters or not really. That's a whole different story, but I think they've done a good job preparing yeah. us for that. Yeah, you know, like when it comes down to that, like, and we, we, we've talked about this in the earlier quarters. It's just like, okay, let's just make this a simple case study, okay? So somebody comes in with a shoulder problem. It could be supraspinatus, infraspinatus, any of the rotator cuff muscles, right? It could be a trap sprain. could be a rhomboid strain. How are you going to treat it? And then you wind up kind of putting it, all these different treatment plans for each and every one of those potential injuries. It's the same thing. So why are we splitting hairs with all these different orthos? Oh, we got to be direct. We got to be direct with their diagnosis. Well, do we? But yeah. I something I do not like um, is that trying to feed patients into boxes and right. if, like a patient has a positive this this and and this test. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the treatment. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I personally do not like that, and I think that I don't think that I know that every patient is different and every patient deserves a different treatment yeah that's something i don't like but we're talking about the positives here so what did you like <laughs> you know that's that's the one thing i wish that and i know this is i i think all schooling across the board and it could be different in different countries but every schooling that i've been through it's very hard for teachers to it's hard for them to put this into a standardized grade so you don't see it often but just the 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 forcing them people to or forcing the student to have critical thinking skills you know it's just you you just spent three years learning all these nuts and bolts on how the body works and how what happens when it doesn't work properly now put it together and you have this patient in front of you with then you add like experiences and pains and fears and it's now it's on this whole new level so instead of being thrown into the hot water why hasn't there been these situations where it's just you know, we're, we're tying together everything we brought together. But that's for another day, another topic. But the thing I liked about this this schooling is oh, now, I think we're going to now, it's just going to be the sheer repetition, high volume in clinic where, as you alluded to, we get to talk to these real people having real problems. Now, granted, um, if we're lucky enough, we'll see something crazy, but if we're not, it's going to be, oh, let me do whatever I want. Cause in six weeks you're going to be fine. And I'm going <laughs> to look like a magician, natural you know? history, you know, like for example, like, you know, this is not me trashing anybody, but like when we were formally taught that if somebody has hemorrhoids, you're going to toggle, which means thrust on the medial malleolus of the, the ankle. 
when yeah, I the, the inner part of your ankle. Yeah, the, the inner part small of your ankle. ball. It's that's absolutely insane. You know, when I asked about, I was like, "Uh, what is this all about?" And everyone is just kind of just like, "Oh, you know, it doesn't make sense, but it works." No, time out. Can we just talk about natural history? That's just post hook fallacy. Oh man, and the thing is, it's just like everybody's susceptible to it, but it's just I didn't think it was gonna be this rampant. You know? Oh man. Wait, we're talking about positives. What positive. did you like? The high volume thing. The high volume um, experience, because at the end of the day, how do you how do you gain confidence in what you do as experience and do things well over and over until it becomes automatic? Because as I've said and before, as we had conversations, I believe the only way that you could achieve higher levels of thought and higher levels of connections is order for you to master the basics. You can give me everything. Like, for example, when a, when a person walks in, it's a female, certain age. I'm already thinking certain diagnoses before she opens up her mouth. Then as she's speaking, I'm kind of just like putting in diagnosis and taking the diagnosis out at the same time. And I don't think you'd be able to do that if you didn't even have a general idea of what pathologies there could be. You know what I'm saying? You, you told me that, and the first thing that comes to mind is fat, fertile, female. <laughs> Go, this is <laughs> You know, you ask her, like, hey, is there any pain in between your shoulder blades? Okay, I, I just diagnosed How did you know, you know? But that's what I can't wait to do because it's just like you think that, like, this is all – there's, like, when Dr. LaRose gave us the clinical vignettes and like, she's, you know, like, for example, the fat, fertile female has pain in between the shoulder blades, cholecystitis, gallbladder, right? That actually happens. You know, people yeah. actually – that is legitimately a common presentation. So when you know just those simple things, you look like you're in the matrix. You Pattern know? recognition. But, yeah, man, I can't wait to graduate, you know. I, I'm liking like with the Instagram page that we're doing now, we're doing more funny stuff. And I get to – or we get to express our creative side, you know. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely fun. You see a lot more nipple. Tell you that I'm not. I'm not wearing a shirt. <laughs> Promise you that. Um, yeah, I'm getting. Getting. The thing is, as you, if you went to our beginning material, you did not see any nipples. But I'll tell you right now, guys. Don't nipple. go. I mean, just go to go to our first couple of posts. They're horrible. Um, we haven't deleted them. I don't know why. Nah, just to see them. how far we've. Yeah. Been, yeah, the nipple so, is up two hundred percent. If we're if we're two hundred like a thousand percent, our podcast is up three hundred percent. Yeah, our nipples two hundred percent. But um, yeah, it's, it's very reaching. exciting. So what what's what's the future of strength rehab? Future strength rehab. This was not planned, but it was. We're just, right, at this random question. It's our show. We do what we want. We're still pillow talking in the bed right now. Look, I'm the captain now. <laughs> I I would say the future of. You know, it's like God-given. If you all keep listening, I'll keep talking. And, you know, I'm going to get better. I'm probably going to run trend. Let's be real. I'm going to run trend in all the gear in the world so I'll have traps that are above my ears. And then yeah, I'll you just need more muscles so you can reach my physique. <laughs> they're going to call me Trap Man, and I'll be a sideshow at a circus. <laughs> and they're going to pay a dollar to see how big my traps are because I will not do another exercise other than shrugs. I want to be a freak, man. <laughs> You never reply to my question. <laughs> what was the question again? What's the future? Oh, okay, future strength rehab. How do I see it? We're we're gonna we're gonna build this. We're gonna build what we're doing now because any medium that allows us to speak, I feel like has value. Um, we're gonna build uh, Instagram. Instagram is just another medium where I believe we can express the same message, but to a different set of audience. Um, 
As for strength rehab in the future, if anybody is interested, we will be having seminars. That is the name of the game, right? That's the the main goal. Yep. Because you know we both of us feel like coming through or going through this schooling, there was large holes that need to be filled. <laughs> you know, I I felt it come. I, I felt it coming, and now I feel weird saying that. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Tevinieste. Oh, fuck, Ah, uh, I'll learn it. I'm learning Spanish now, guys, because I'm, I'm living with two Puerto Ricans. They refuse to speak English to me, so I just feel like I'm, I'm you're, lost in Puerto Rico. Your attention span is horrible. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> you were talking about seminars. Seminars. Yo, yeah, so we have some holes that we need to fill in the curriculum. And uh, I do believe that we have the ability to synthesize and simplify the information for all students to improve their clinical skill set. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. That felt great coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Dude, oh my god. Everything I'm saying is terrible right now. It's almost 10 p.m. after a long day. And we're pillow talking, remember. I'm trying to to build this, this mental image. That they think that we're like face to face. We're spooning. Parker's in the front. Yeah, exactly. I, I honestly like speaking of Big Spoon, Little Spoon. I love being the Little Spoon. Do you like being the Little Spoon? Nah. You like being Big Spoon? How the hell? You can just sleep on your arm weird? Dude, I'll, I'll be Big Spoon. a special spoon. pillow. Oh, uh, do you really? <laughs> you liar, dirty liar. I was actually excited because I'll sleep there and then like maybe I, I, I give a solid five minutes and my fingertips are just absolutely numb. And I just go, and I, I luckily Amy falls asleep pretty early, like pretty quick. So I do this like weird <laughs> shimmy thing and I just try to like shove her off me. And then but then she winds up usually face down and I'm like, there he goes. She's going to suffocate. <laughs> You're so, dying. So, um. Back to uh, chiropractic school, right? It was, it's a great experience, you know? Uh, expensive. Um, I would say if anybody's looking to do it or if they're in it now, my biggest advice is learn it the first time because Palmer likes to repeat over and over and over. If you pay attention from, I think, first quarter to, I think, fifth quarter. To fifth, you're, you're golden. Everything gets repeated and then they slowly build upon it because – Think about it. First through fifth is all physiology, right? Okay, okay. Question, question. If you have a good friend yeah. that's asking you for advice, yeah. would you recommend Cairo School? Ooh. Ooh, now we're getting, getting to the hard hitters. Or not. So I would definitely have to start with what are you looking to do? If there Let's say the guy or the gal or whatever uh, wants to help people rehab uh, okay. and he's between – uh, PT school or chiro school, what would be your advice? So I would, and I'm going to be biased because I'm doing this. Um, I, for the same reasons, I would say, look, I, unless, unless PT changes, and I don't know if it has changes, changed recently, if they become as independent as portal of entry doctors, but, you know, I heard about their education too, from all the PTs that we talked to. And like, it's not voodoo in the beginning of their curriculum, but it's relatively the same thing. Um, you know, I would say yes, but in a large caveat is you're, I'm going to give you all this material, and you're, I'm responsible for learning this material, which would be specific research literature and like you know rehab sources and stuff like that. Um, 
There should be a strength and conditioning class. 100%. It's programming. People don't know their progressions, regressions, and... Oh, boy. It's Like, I was talking... You know, I, I won't even say that story, but one hundred percent. It just, but I think they expect that, like, because if you think about it, like ninety percent of the students are exercise science majors. But like talking to their to them, exactly. they, their undergrad, it's just like they weren't taught the fundamentals. It's just how are you going to be a? How would you be a trainer or a strength coach or you know a head of like athletes or just regular kids who all have different like movement patterns that need specific catering to if you don't can't progress or regress what are you gonna do force feed it <laughs> oh god oh god and then you know then you get the uh, now i'm ranting but you know you get the people where they um they learn like you know the dead bugs and the bird dogs great bottom line exercise to start right you'll never catch me i think you'll never catch me doing that like on a rehab You'll never, you'll never prescribe it. Probably, I will never say never because maybe it's the only one movement that'll help somebody. But uh-huh. it's not on the top of my list right now. I th- I think they're great exercises to start. If I'm dealing with a Gen Popper that has no proprioception of her trunk or his trunk, easy. They don't even have to get off the table. Hey, do this and this. Oh wow, this is great. Do this for a couple of weeks. Oh wow, this is amazing. I would argue that there are more simple ways. But what other ways? It, it it all comes down to whatever to the patient in front of you. But I don't know why. Like I would, I mean, as I said, I'll never say never. But I'll probably won't. Why? why <laughs> catch would, catch, catch like, me prescribing it with my first real patient. Like <laughs> I, I, I was like, for example, and then we also have that that buddy of ours that has as a case study who had chronic chronic low back pain. Would you say chronic chronic and, as hell? Yeah, and and he he was. Not once he fixed alone by the dead bugs, but he contributes a lot of his regression. I mean, yeah, if if it helps the patient in front of me, why not? It's interesting. It's very interesting how, like, you know, you can look at somebody's structure and give them an exercise that means absolutely nothing to that structure, and yet it improves it. You know, I'm tired of seeing bird dogs, dead bugs, and thurbans. <laughs> just get stronger yeah that's yeah i would i would agree on that and and that's another thing i guess is what the one critique well, i guess the seventh critique at this point um that most clinics it's because you know honestly i guess it comes down to the insurance company that's not paying enough for rehab when i our bias would say it's the most important thing is just like i think maybe the reason why they're doing the bird dogs and the the planks and the dead bugs is because they don't want to spend time doing the rehab process because they got to feed their own family you know um that's why you go cash based kids that's why you don't do insurance unless you know how to work it that's (laughs) that's the moral of this story so do you think that people or patients in this scenario need to adhere to their rehab program to get better or not I don't even think that. Thank you, because if not, I was going to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because obviously our bias is exercise movement and like strength, uh, strength training or assistant training. Um, but there's good research out there that I mean, it's not necessary, mm-hmm. but it helps you like tremendously, and it helps you in every single aspect of your life. So it's like, why not? Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, that's but that's a good point that you brought up. It's a large caveat that most people 
because you know for there's for every camp there's outliers and in those outliers there's extremes right so everyone's there you got the the rehab camp which would be quote unquote our camp right and you have those crazy people that say if you don't do exactly what i do you're not going to get better it's just like who the fuck are you who are you 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 know everything that's going to go on you know how they're going to adapt i i used to be like an extremist as you said like a year ago a year and a half ago don't adjust just do exercise just lift weights just do that lift just do this just do that but like i try to be in the middle ground but i'm kind of like everything works in the right context <laughs> you know here's a question that's kind of it's i guess it might be philosophical but it might take you a second to respond but is there any any circumstance or any topic that like because you know you mentioned that you want to be in the middle and, and, and it's, it's it's important to be in the middle because when you're in the middle, you can grab aspects from both sides, right? And you, that's the best position to be in. But is there any position or idea or thought or anything of the sort that it's completely better to be on one side or the other? Like, is there any circumstance where you're like, I, I'm in the extreme camp and I'm going to stay in the extreme camp? That's a hard I question. mean, I'm kind of in the middle uh, almost all of the time, but if I have to to choose uh like one or the other uh-huh. uh, on this scenario we're talking rehab uh active versus passive i think there's a million more times and more benefits uh-huh. to be on the active bias right, right, right. rather than on the passive bias okay um as i said but obviously we should try to meet people where they're at etc yeah. etc but i mean the like the pros from active stuff uh, outweigh like the the cons. Like right. there's almost no cons on right. like to being active stuff. But for passive modalities and passive therapies, oh, there are a lot. Slippery slope. There are a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, I still do passive therapies. I'll still do them, but they're not my main. They're not my main thing. You know. Um, why do you think it's so common? Like, what is your personal opinion on why it's so dang common that? people would prefer to do years of treatment versus the couple months of active, you know, or culture, changing a lifestyle. Culture, false beliefs. It's easier to go to your doctor, get robbed. It's mm-hmm. more difficult to take your health or your pain in, in this scenario into your own hands. Um, and it's not that you need the active care because for being honest, you – if you just understand what's going on with you and you you have patience, you're right. gonna be fine. Right, right, right. But it all ties up to culture, like wrong, erroneous beliefs, like oh, yeah. I tweaked my back, I need to go to a PT or a Cairo or a massage therapist, and uh-huh. it needs to get rubbed three times for three weeks, and I'll be fine. Um, what was the question? <laughs> why is it so common? Yeah, like why do you think it's so common? Yeah, it, it's easier. Um, it's what we see when it's what or it's what people have seen for years Mm -hmm. and it's all they know you know right if i've only seen something like x scenario guess what i'm gonna do x scenario yeah but what happens when i start seeing y scenario well i have more options um uh but people are not educated um the like the active care rehab camp is slowly growing Mm -hmm. and i think that people are getting more and more educated but there's still a lot of work uh, that needs to be done but i think it all comes down it all comes down to education and culture mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's interesting because if you like you know if you were to write down a time commitment of like how often these people come in to get rubbed down and adjusted 
it'd probably be less time than if they just factored in lifestyle changes such as I'm going to park a little bit further from Walmart and walk. And, you know, it's and you talked about it. There's no real downside to being a little bit more active. And the large upside is you're going to stop chronic disease in its tracks, relatively speaking. Um, and it's I, I just how do you get that across to somebody that, you know, they're they're talking to a doctor that is, quote unquote, an expert in the field. Right. And they just say, I know my body and I don't care. They don't say this, but I don't care what you have to say. And then you have to, then you have no choice. It's either you treat them or you just send them off to another doctor. What are you going to do? What am I going to do if what? If, if someone it, just wants a passive stuff? Yeah. Um, probably, probably if it's the first visit, I would give it to them. Mm-hmm. But I would ask them why. Mm-hmm. I would ask them why they only want this. Mm-hmm. Why are they not willing to try the active stuff or active modalities or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, and then I would try and educate them. Obviously, I wouldn't bomb them with, like, facts. Oh, this is this. Or Parker at all 2020 says that. Right, and right, right. research, whatever, whatever. I would try to meet them what they're at. But I think we also got to understand that not every patient is a good fit for us. Like, mm-hmm. there's people that will never agree with how we work and mm-hmm. how we treat people and that's totally fine yeah in that case you, you refer out to somebody that does whatever they want and you call it a day but uh i would say i would give it to them i would education ask why because that's 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 the easiest question you can ask somebody mm-hmm. so why why do you want this right um because odds are they have never been asked that mm-hmm. and i think when they are asked why that's the first step that you can take uh, and the first day they they take into like well, like I really don't know why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in a nutshell is what I would do. Now flipping that story, um, because I do believe that there is in a, a circumstance where you have, let's say, a very involved athlete where your place isn't to give them rehab unless I guess they're dealing with a specific injury. But most of the time, these guys just come in with just non-specific, just generalized tightness and stuff like that. And I feel like that's our place to just make them feel good because we're just trying to get them to unlock their, their top performance, which means they would have to feel better, right? Yeah, I would I would make them feel good uh, with all the passive stuff. Obviously, I wouldn't get into copying or stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, MRT or massage, soft tissue, however you want to call it, uh, some spinal manipulation. But it's not the only thing I would do. Um, and I'm not saying I would give them exercises, mm-hmm. but I would talk to them. I would ask about their programming. I would ask right. about their sleep, about their nutrition, about their hydration. It's yeah. so much more than just doing the passive stuff. Like, yeah, the quote-unquote treatment will consist of the passive stuff to right. quote-unquote make them feel better or recover better, whatever that is. But I would still consider a lot of things into right. the the session. Yeah, and that's huge. And like, I think maybe that's that's the funny thing about it. It's either people are just not educated enough, where they don't have the skilled eyes to see, like, oh, you clearly have a problem with fatigue management. You're you're running yourself into the dirt. That's why you may be dealing with these aches and pains. Um, and then also you have some people that are just like, oh, that's just that's not my department. You know, that's that's their coach's department. Well, look at the coaches. Some Sometimes the coaches are not formally educated either. You know, they built their credibility off of just training and training and training, and then they won and so on and so forth. Um, 
But you're a doctor, and I like how you brought this up. You're a doctor. You have an opinion, and you have an educated opinion. Um, and they're going to pay for it regardless, yeah. so you might as well give it to them. Exactly. You know? um, yeah, I mean, Cairo school. You know, go, go, go get out there and spend <laughs> $250,000. <000. laughs> And then you can <laughs> you get a paper so that you can feed people and show a lot of nipple on Instagram. <laughs> hey, that's what gets you followers. Yeah, you know that's you know you know guys you guys if you ever try to criticize us for showing the nipple, look at our analytics. You guys are pigs. <laughs> you guys only come for the nipple, <laughs> and I'm you just trying to like give you what nipple. you want. <laughs> if you've listened to this minute, thank you. You're a real supporter. Um, but I, I don't have anything else. I have something to say. Here we go. Boom. Yo, if you've made it this far, please do us a massive favor and like and tell people about our podcast. Yes, we are much more formal than what we are now. We bring on people that really know their stuff and they really bring a lot of information to the table. So it's almost like you're getting a free seminar every time you sit down to listen to us. If you're interested into the chatty banter that we did tonight, just let us know because honestly, this is way easier oh, yeah. you know um, we love talking and shooting the shit you and know? it's it's not like we're famous but if you enjoy one of our episodes feel free to screenshot it share it on oh, your story yeah. tag us we'll we'll talk to you we'll ask what you like we'll share it on our story um and we'll we'll build a community with you yeah we're friendly people like honestly like we have i think and amy will probably she won't listen to this amy is my girlfriend uh <laughs> she will gets upset because I spend almost more time reaching out and talking to the people that reach out to Strength Rehab than I talk to her, like through text <laughs> message, through text messages. You know, so we really try to do our best to build a community and, and educate the people that we can. So, And if you're a chiropractic student and you want to learn more about rehab uh, and programming or whatever, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, or if you're interested in going the Cairo school, to Cairo school or yeah. to PD school, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we have better advice than our rants on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're more than happy to give you recommendations. Um, and also, if you haven't already, feel free to check out our ebook yeah, on we have how that. to become your own coach. Uh, topics include like goal setting, uh, exercise selection, biomechanics, mm -hmm. etc. So feel free to check that out. And hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>